Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. Now, me personally, when I used to work for Florida State Athletics, I would barely get any sleep at all because we'd have practice in the mornings, I'd have class as well, and then just trying to maintain a social life, getting eight hours of sleep was almost impossible. And one of sleep's biggest problems is the temperature. So it's tough to get a good night of sleep if you're too hot. I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm. Now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights and if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of the first two batches so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com pro. 8sleep.com pro. 8sleep.com pro. Welcome everyone, this is episode 13 of the Believe in FSU Football Podcast. Believe is the number one sports podcast network out there, and every episode, Kenny and I will provide insight, knowledge, into all things Florida State football. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on at Believe Podcast or at Believe.com. We also have a Facebook page, Believe in FSU Football Podcast, so just type that into Facebook. We have a Facebook page there as well, so like and subscribe there too. And we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and the TuneIn app as well. And you can follow us on Twitter at KShaw81 and at underscore Chris Sharp underscore. And on Instagram, you can follow us at KShaw81 and at Chris Looking Sharp. So submit uh, listener questions using the hashtag BelieveFSU as well. And in today's episode, we're going to get into a lot of different things. So first off, we have a guest, the one, the only Freddie Stevenson. Yes, he was a fullback at Florida State. Uh, he played from 2013 to 2016. And he basically he helped lead the charge. He came in as a linebacker. But he ended up switching to fullback, and he was a lead blocker for Dalvin Cook and Carlos Williams in 2014. And then he also helped pave the way for the rest of Dalvin Cook's career up until 2016. And he had five career rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. And he is a national champion, so he was in the locker room. He was on the field. He understood what the vibe was like during that championship season. And even the following season, that's going to the Rose Bowl as well in the college football playoff. So Freddie is that guy, so he'll be on the show later on. But going to the news and notes of this week, this past week, I should say. So Florida State's made a lot of moves off the field, especially. So with the coaching staff, we added Alex Atkins as our offensive line coach officially. He came over from Charlotte, and he has a lot of inside, a lot of knowledge, a lot of recruits, actually a lot of five-star and four-star prospects who are committed across the Southeast, whether it's Georgia, Auburn, or Alabama. A lot of those recruits actually know Coach Atkins or are pretty familiar with him. So he may be able to give us an inroad into some new recruiting avenues to improve the offensive line. Then, going on to the strength, co- uh, strength and conditioning, Josh Storms, he came over from Memphis. He's our new strength coach. And watching the Memphis and Penn State in the Cotton Bowl, uh, Memphis's team seemed pretty, like, size-wise and also just athletic- athletically, they seem to match up pretty well with Penn State. So, I think Coach Storms can do some, get a lot of good work with our players and help develop them and get the strength going as well. 
And also TJ Rushing, he was a de- defensive back coach from Memphis. He was also with the Colts previously, the Indianapolis Colts as, previously as well. He's coming over to be our new defensive backs coach, so that's really uh, clutch to have. And Bruce Warwick, one of the biggest additions, he's our new chief of staff at Florida State. So he'll be in charge of team operations, working with the coaching staff, recruiting. He, basically, he's going to be the right-hand man for Coach Norville and to help kind of give an overarching kind of sense of what's going on with the program. So he'll be, he'll be helping maintain all the day-to-day operations. And he was a director of operations with the L.A. Rams, and he got a huge endorsement from Sean McVay, the head coach of the L.A. Rams. So that's a very crucial addition to the staff. And that really shows that FSU is becoming more invested in the football program. But this is going to cost some money. I mean, coming from L.A. to Tallahassee, I love Tallahassee, but it's not Los Angeles. It's not the NFL. So coming down from that point all the way down to Tallahassee, clearly FSU will offer a pretty good deal. And and hopefully uh, Bruce Rohrer will be able to help maintain operations and keep things organized on a day-to-day basis. And then also as analysts off the field, or on the kind of in, they're coaches, but they can't officially be on the sidelines. They're analysts, so they'll be more in the boots or during game days, or they'll be more working in a kind of a shadow staff, if you will. We have Mike Trier, he was, who was the Marshall uh, defensive backs coach. And also Tony Tokarts, who is the Memphis Titans coach. They're coming over as the senior uh, analysts on defense, respectively, and also the, uh, the senior anth- analysts on offense as well. So having those two guys who are assistant, who were on the field assistant coaches at different programs come to FSU to be analysts, technically kind of a backtrack, if you will, in, in some aspects. But having them come over as analysts is really crucial because that gives you an extra set of eyes. They could be at practice every day during the week. And they can pretty much do anything else. They just can't recruit off campus, and they can't be on the sidelines during game days. So they'll, that's an extra set of eyes, an extra set of coaches, if you will, to help really uh, help kind of grow our players and help see different formations and also help scout out opponents as well. And then moving on to the transfer market, we got two transfers coming in. So we have Joshua Corbin from Texas A&M. So back a couple years ago, he was going to he was going to come to Florida State, honestly. But then when Jimbo left for Texas A&M, he followed him there. But now Joshua Corbin's leaving Texas A&M, and he's going to come transfer to FSU. So he's a former four-star running back recruit. He's a very explosive athlete. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry, and he also had a couple. Uh, he had a kickoff return for a touchdown as well, and had 800 total yards his freshman year. Now last season he was injured, so he didn't play too much. But having an extra running back come in because right now we have Kalen LeBorn, who's he's either suspended or he's hurt so, so far in his career, and we also have uh, we also have uh, Anthony Grant, who didn't really play much this season, so. Having an extra running back come in now, he has to get a waiver to play this year. So we have to see if he actually will be eligible to play this year. So if he doesn't get the waiver, he can come in uh, not next season but the season after. But if he gets that waiver, then having him in the backfield will be very clutch. And we also had a grad transfer from uh, Florida International. We have Devontae Taylor. He's an offensive tackle who started 25 games for FIU. And FIU did beat Miami this year, just so, just so you know. They did beat Miami, so... Florida International, uh, they lost a good player there in Devontae Taylor, but he'll be eligible to play immediately, and he was a right tackle at FIU, so I'm assuming he'll do the same at, at, at FSU. But just having an actual player that is, he, one, he, he's played the collegiate level, he's started, so he's experienced. So having a player who actually started at a different program come over is very clutch because, honestly, we have not been able to have very great, good depth at the tackle position, so having that right now is very important. And then finally in our little preview, we're going to, Look ahead to the Sun Bowl, so that'll be on Tuesday on New Year's Eve. We're playing in El Paso, Texas at 2 p.m., Arizona State versus Florida State. Now, Arizona State's coached by Herm Edwards, and they're 7-5 and five in the season, with their biggest win being against Oregon. Uh, quarterback Jaden Daniels for Arizona State's a guy to watch here. He had over twenty. He had 2,700 yards and 17 touchdowns with only two interceptions, so 
it'll be interesting to see if how he protects the ball in this game because his best receiver, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and also his best running back, Eno Benjamin, are not playing. So he won't have those safety valves anymore on the field. So we'll see if Jaden Daniels, if he can protect the ball still and if FSU can kind of force him, force him into some mistakes. Now, on Florida State's side of the ball, unfortunately, we do not have any scholarship running backs playing this game. So look for Deontay Sheffield to be the featured back. He'll get a lot of carries. He'll get a lot of snaps. Uh, DJ Matthews and some other receivers may get some snaps at a re- in the backfield as well. And we might have to use a quick screen game to kind of be our new running game. So instead of running the ball up the middle on a draw play, for example, we might have to throw it out in the flat or do little check down plays to kind of, you know, get the get our short game going, if you will. So this game is going to be on James Blackman. A lot of, you know, it's, a lot's going to be on his shoulders because there's no running game. There's no K-makers to hand it off to you. So we'll see if the offensive line can protect James Blackman and if he can also del- deliver to his receivers. Uh, looks like all uh, Tamari on Terry and, all, and uh, several other receivers are going to be playing as well. Marvin Wilson will not be playing. Neither will K-makers. Stanford Samuels, the third turning pro, so he will not be playing as well. Uh, also, Alex Hornibrook won't be playing, and uh, a couple other and, uh, and some other players who are thinking about maybe going pro won't be playing as well. So we'll see how the Knowles come out with Odell Hagens. Uh, Odell Hagens is kind of the old coaching staff. So whether it's Kendall Bryles, Odell Hagens, everybody who's on the old coaching staff is not being brought back. Oh, Coach Hagens is being brought brought back, but everybody else who's not being brought back, they are all here at the bowl game. And they're all coaching. So shout out to them. Coach Clements is back, for example. All those guys are back, so shout out to them for doing that. Because honestly, if you if I was being let go from a job, I wouldn't necessarily be inclined to come back. But these guys care about the kids, and they'll be coaching. So it'll be the same play calls. You won't see a lot of coach. You won't see any of Coach Norville's new system being implemented at all. This is all the old scheme. So we'll see how Knowles do on New Year's Eve, and hopefully they can bring in 2020 with a dub. But I, all right, that's a little preview for the episode. So let's get into it, and let's talk to Freddie Stevenson. We're on episode 13 of Believe FSU Football Podcast. We got Kenny Shaw here, the co-host, and we also have a special guest, Freddie Stevenson. Freddie, how you doing today? I'm good. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So, Freddie, on this show, we kind of just kind of sit back and kind of just look back and talk. So, I want to know, like, what's your opinions? You can really just talk about anything you want about FSU football, but, like, what's your opinions whether on last season, Coach Taggart, or the new coach, Coach Norvell? Just talk about it. It's kind of like, what's your opinions? Kind of just let it fly. Alright, gotcha. Um, yeah, last year I feel like it was kind of all over the place to be honest. Um, they like discipline. Uh, a lot of you, you can see that with all the penalties and things they're getting of that nature. And it was, I think, the Miami game. They had struggled to line up, and you've seen a lot of that throughout the season. And I hate to talk on he ain't there no more, so I hate to talk on it. But that was one of, you mentioned that, so we're gonna speak on it. But yeah, I feel like it was, it was. They didn't really coordinate things the right way, and we didn't really have the structure that we needed to be successful. And a lot of times we're putting guys in bad positions on the field, and I don't know. And I feel like heading into this year, one thing I noticed that kind of been bothering me for a minute is how players look on the field. I don't know what we do in the weight room, but our guys look hella small. We get pushed around a lot, so this. The staff we got now, they got to make that change. And I, I watched Norvell. I, I love how he speaks in his press conferences and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, it's easy to sound good in press conferences. You got to handle business on the field. I, I like some of the things he's doing in, on the recruiting trail and some of the hires he's making. But you got to be able to make that transition on the field. And because it's, it's a standard when you come into Florida State, 
And a lot of, I don't know about some of the guys they got coming in, but we expect to be playing for championships each and every year. I don't know if guys just coming in there, just trying to get by, you know, get a few likes on Instagram, whatever it may be, but that ain't that ain't the standard we set there. We we plan to play on, play at a high level each and every year, and I don't I don't know if that a lot of guys understand that. I think a lot of people come in thinking that it's just winning gonna come easy. They don't understand the work you got to put in to get that. For sure. And then. Hey, Chris, what, what he stole my he stole my episode. Ain't that what I said last time? <laughs> hey, pretty much to a T, but. Freddie, Freddie, you hit it. Freddie, you hit it spot on, man. Yeah, it was crazy. I was, um, I was, cause I was, to be honest, I wanted Taggart, I wanted Taggart to succeed, but it just got to a point where every week is, it got, I got to the point I was disgusted to watch the product we was putting on the field, and then that Miami game, I see why they let him go after that game because that was just unbearable to watch, and I lost a lot of money that game, thinking that we were gonna win, and just to see the way we played, it was, that was horrible. For sure. Then with, uh, speaking, you were talking about the strength, uh, having getting stronger on the field. I agree with that because we got uh, Coach Storms. He came over. He's coming over from Memphis, and I was watching that Memphis Penn State game. And Memphis, they didn't look too small, you know, against uh, Penn State. They, they held with them the whole game. So hopefully, because yeah, kind of go into that. What you too, Kenny? Like, what what was your training like? You know what I mean? Like, how intense was it the whole way? Hey, I'm not gonna lie. I was like a little any wiry strong so I, even even me I knew the weight room was important and we had a little crazy ball head Hawaiian guy who was great he was good for us coach Vic and um Freddie would Freddie would back me up on this coach Vic didn't care about no stars he didn't care about no oh this is hurt that is hurt like he was gonna get us whatever position group it was he was gonna have us better than that position group that we were going to be facing on that Saturday. And it, it plays a big dividend in, in it. And it also, it comes, like I said in the last episode, it comes in um, team karate. Oh, I heard it. Okay, so now it comes with the team camaraderie. And um, so Vic, he set that in the standard when it came to summer conditioning and, and just getting us closer. So, I don't know. It plays it plays an important role, and hopefully this guy um he comes in and do just that. All right, Freddie, what are your thoughts on like Coach yeah, Vic? Yeah, um, you know, yeah, um, he's he spot on with it. Um, Coach Vic, he's one of those guys. He he's not gonna really sugarcoat everything. He's gonna be hard on you. Kind of get annoying at times, but that's really what you need because he want he want the team to succeed. So. On the outside looking in, not understanding everything, you're like, why does why does man keep bothering me? But he got one job to do to make sure we're in the best position to be successful during the season. So whether we liked him or not, he didn't care about that. He was gonna make sure he did his job. And I don't know what the case was at Florida State. I just know what we I don't know what they were going through with these past with the past coaching staff, but I know what we dealt with when we were there and they, whether you, like Kenny said, whether you were a four-star, five-star, two-star, everybody everybody got a certain level you got to play. It ain't, it ain't no exceptions. So I don't know what it was last year, but I believe 
just from hearing the new coach talk, I don't like to build people up to us. He still, like I said, he still got to prove it on the field. But it seemed like he got that discipline that we needed because the talent never left, but we lacked discipline so much. And hopefully he's bringing in the right guys to support support his plan, help make his plan come to life. And kind of going back, a little flashback to the past. So you started off in 2013, Freddie, and then you kind of moved, you know, national championship that first year. And then you were kind of there for the Rose Bowl and then the Orange Bowl after that. So, and also the Peach Bowl too. So kind of talk about, because some people kind of view that as like a, like kind of talk about what that era was like, because some people were trying to figure out when Jimbo kind of like checked out. Did you, did you see any, any change in that period at all? Or do you think he was still kind of there the whole way? Um, yeah, I didn't really um, see no crazy change. I think the year after we won the championship, it was more pressure on everybody. So, of course, it was a tense environment. Then you coming out for winning the championship and really that the team my sophomore year was just as talented. So, it was a lot of expectations heading into that year versus my the year we won the championship. They didn't really have any expectations for it. We shot the world that year. But going into 2014, everybody they had said, all right, Florida State going to win it all again. So I think he was kind of tense heading into that year because you were expected to win now. So that's the only thing I can really say. I don't think he kind of starts checking out. When people say that, I don't, I don't see that. In the year that he left, I wasn't there to experience that, so I can't speak on that either. Yeah, to me, he seemed like he was pretty locked. I think the whole facility stuff kind of like – kind of got into him a little bit because he, cause he had a chance to go to LSU. Um, I think Texas was trying to get him a couple of years before that. He didn't go to A&M, I feel like, until FSU just straight up said, yeah, we're not paying for all that stuff. You know what I mean? Or, or it's coming later on. So I think he didn't really check out until, like, FSU didn't really. And now you see the money's coming in because we're hiring all these people. Yeah, it's crazy to see after we lost after we lost Jimbo, they they actually throwing the money out now. It's kind of ironic. Yeah. Cause that's really all he wanted. He saw it coming. Cause like watching that Clemson game last night, you can tell like they they got money. They're pumping it in. Like strength and conditioning, extra coaches. Cause I'm telling you, like yeah, they heard. Yeah. I heard they got like a 42 man staff. That's crazy to me. Oh yeah, like they got a 42. You go ahead, Kenny. 42. Wait, who got that? At Clemson, they say um, Clemson got like a 42 man staff. Clemson and Alabama got like. NFL type stuff. That's why they having all the success they have. And what I was saying to Chris, I said, man, college makes the revenue that comes in. You can do stuff like that. And this, that's why, that's why when they get into it, like if a coach checked out or not, I, I really, like I said, I've been around Jimbo a long time to know that he's in it for more, for more than just himself. You know what I mean? Even, even if we see the big contract. He still, he show. I know I can speak on him as a former player. It is that, you know, I can tell that he was in it for more than the money. And it's like when you get hit with a lot of rules and regulations, then you start to feel some type of way. So, like I said before, Freddie got on the phone. Like, I still believe that it's, it's stuff that you know it comes out each year. You're like, oh, that's what happened. You know, the truth, truth comes down in the end. So. Besides all that, we still just got to lock in as players, the players there now and just and just play at the end of the day. Like, forget all the coaches and all the all the outside stuff. They they still got to strap 
Yeah, that's what um, – yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying about um, Jimbo, no doubt. I feel like it's a lot of things going on, and I feel like his heart was in Tallahassee, but things just didn't work out. But at the end of the day, that's that's the past. Like you said, we got to take care of business now and be that Florida State we know we known to be. And last last year and probably the year before as well, not only would I would I say we weren't disciplined, but I don't feel like we played with much attitude. Like we we were out there again, manhandled. Kind of you see games even games this year where it would seem like we were laying down when we got down by a few touchdowns. And that that's never been anything we allowed at Florida State. So I don't know what the mindset is now, but it got to change. Yeah, especially with uh, – yeah, because it's one thing if, like, all right, if Clemson or Florida, like, yeah, we want to beat them. But if they kind of out-physical you, you can kind of see that at least. But when you see Wake Forest, Boston College, NC State pushing you around, that's when – that's when I started getting real concerned because that should be easy W. That should be automatics almost each and every year. Yeah, no doubt. Especially with the the players the players we able to bring in and we we usually have a weird month. Can can you know when we had the only one championship, we had a lot of guys that were considered undersized, but just the way they played. You would never but that's that's the whole mindset though, Chris. It was um, we didn't come in as oh we gonna we gonna um, beat this team by eighty. We came in as you know they division one football players. We gonna respect them no matter what they throw it at. Throw it at. So we just went into the game like hey, if it's Wake Forest, we're gonna treat them accordingly and go over what we practice and then execute it out and actually see that that trick that trickles to the to the score at the end of the game, like we 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 knew we was good, but we didn't know we didn't we didn't we didn't put ourselves above any team at, at, in a cocky way like that. It was it was just like, hey, this the next man up, so they got to get it. Nowadays, I don't know how they mindset going in, and that's that's what we're gonna see, I guess. So hopefully, like Freddie say, something changed, discipline. No matter what it is, something has to change, and it has to um, change going into this 2020 season. Yeah, I saw the craziest stat uh, about the 2013 team. So, basically, you know how LSU has been scoring all these points? They would still need to drop 40 in the championship game to catch up to you guys in 2013, still. And they get an extra, <laughs> game, and they get an extra game to play. So, just think about that. That is all. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, they would have to drop forty against Clemson, which I don't know, but um, the fact that they got they got an extra game to do it, and they still, you know, are forty points down, that just shows how dominant, and it also shows how re- you guys still respected because it wasn't just the starters taking, you know, the backups. Everybody was like, every drive, it was like six, six, you know. Yeah, it was, it was a little different that year, like like you said, the starters jump off. Jump out early, and then the backers coming in, finishing right where they left off. It was, it was tough, and it, you can't really say we're running up the score because you can't tell the backup to come in and cheer. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, when did you switch to fullback? Was it like freshman year, or were you still playing linebacker to start off? Yeah, um, my freshman year at the end of fall camp. Oh gotcha. All right. Yeah, were you? Did you want to do that, or was it kind of like did like like who who kind of convinced you to do it? I ain't, I ain't, I ain't want to do it, but it was. 
it was a little back and forth, but I ended up doing it. Yeah. Hey, Freddie, I hey, I commend you for that, cause man, hey, I know I took some hits, but you do, you did some dirty work. Like that fullback is a tough position, man. So I commend yeah, you. Yeah, tough that. one. Yeah, um, it was. Beyond, I kind of went back and forth for a while with with Jimbo. He kind of had this vis- oh, this vision for me, and I wasn't really I wasn't really trying to hear it. But my freshman, he told me like, man, you you'll probably end up just playing special teams, or if you don't want to burn your freshman year on special teams, we'll redshirt you. So we'll rather you come on this side. You'll get a lot more reps, and I think you can do a lot in the NFL at this position. So I just tried it out, and once I got over there, it started clicking. So I stayed over there. And you know, as offensive players, we get more love too. So I think that's why you made the switch too. Oh yeah, I, shoot! I always like up the most. And then to be honest, once I start um, getting the feel for everything, and I seen other guys at Jimbo switch their position and they had success, I started to trust them more as the process went on. But yeah, he, def- he definitely um, he definitely had my best interests at heart. He can't. I think he put me in a good position, and then once I after college, how he everything he like you have something like in that situation, he could have just stopped. after I was done with school, and I'm like all right, he had, he handled he did what I needed him to do in college. But the way he was pushing for me to get into the league was crazy because I remember at, when I went to the Senior Bowl. He was telling all the scouts and all the coaches, he was like, that's the best fullback I ever coached. And if you don't know his history, he had a fullback from LSU, Hester, that got drafted in the second round. And he was telling the scouts at the Senior Bowl, he was like, Hester is the half of me. And that's when I realized, I was like, dang, Jimbo really, like, he was for real. Like, from day one, he kept stressing that to me. But it all kind of clicked in. I was like, man, that gave me a whole different level of respect for him. And I think that's um that's one thing I would tell like just players, even though he's not here, just players in general, you do coaches, man. Just just trust them. They know what they they know what they're doing. It may not it may not make sense at the time, but just trust the process because it's a lot of players that fault coaches that didn't want to listen. That looking back at it now, regret regret. I talked to a lot of players that had all the ability in the world, but they they didn't want to listen in college. And now that they're telling me how they reach back out to the coaches, apologize and things like that. So that's one thing I would say. Just listen to your coaches, man. They're there for a reason, and they're going to guide you in the right direction. Nice. He went from, yeah, that's a good story right there because there's a lot of guys. Like Cam Irving went from uh, – he was a D-tackle, right? He went to uh, center – like left tackle. Then, no, he was left – yeah, he went from D-line, I think, to like left tackle to the center. He went first round. You yourself there. I mean, then you were paving the way for, you know, Dalvin and Carlos wouldn't be getting those yards without you up there. I remember a lot of those blocks, you know, you, you opened the hole for Dalvin for a lot of those runs. Like, he was a beast, but you were right there with him. You know, it, well, I mean, we all, we all work together. What's that, Ken? I remember – I think it was the NC State game. Like it was some plays I done met people in the hole and I went to the sideline. Like I knew I knew I went all the way there. <laughs> but the game my um we played NC State, I had cut block somebody. And he jumped up in the eye and knee me in the back of the head. This one I actually had to lead the game. 
man, I, that was the first time I went after went to the training room. It was like, man, I don't even know. I don't know about football, man. This not, cause it was a real deal concussion. I was scared. And I ain't know they. I ain't know they was like like when people say that got concussion. You don't understand how serious it is till you get one. That done. It ain't nothing to play with. Yeah. Were you out that next week, or did you come back in the uh, the next week? No, nah, I, I was out that week, and then I came back the the following week. We had played Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, this that's what this offense kind of misses. Like, I miss seeing a fullback in the backfield. I I, I think Cam Akers at his best is really, you know, I formation him with like a fullback in front of him paving the way. He made it work with the uh, the spread offense. But I think going back to that style, I mean, you saw what Ohio State was doing last night? Just running down their throats. Yeah, I, I agree because I know the year, it was maybe two years ago, when he had Vickers blocking for him. Maybe it was three years ago. He had Vickers blocking for him and they kind of, they mixed mixed up the looks and stuff, and Vickers was in the eye formation blocking for him, and Cam had a lot of success out of that eye. Yeah, Vickers, and we had a good streak too because we had what I think it was Lonnie before you, I think Lonnie Pryor, then it was you. We had yeah. Lonnie then, then Chad. If people forget about Chad, they got to show Chad respect. Big Pat, hey, shout out to Big Pat Chad, man. Abrams, oh yeah, he did the touchdown. And Chad, Chad, Chad was good. Hey, he only had. Only had one year to do it. Hey, Chris. What's good? Man, Chad Ford in the championship game. That's my boy. Yep. Tiptoeing down the sideline. Everybody forgets that play. I just got hyped Chad's name. But yeah, fullbacks, fullbacks are pivotal for real because they also sometimes the running back can't see that blitz coming and the fullback see it first. And I don't know, it's a lot that goes in playing fullback. I, I respect every position. So, again, Freddie, I commend you. Appreciate it, yeah. All right, so what's your th- what are y'all's thoughts on this uh, bowl game coming up, the uh, Sun Bowl? What do you think it's going to – it's snowing right now, apparently, so it's going to be cold. I think – to be honest, I think it's going – because I watched Arizona State play a few times, and I, I've seen a lot of people thinking there's going to be a cupcake game. they tough. they got a tough team. So it's, it's going to be a game. We're going to have to play all four quarters, and we're going to get challenged a little bit. And they got a they got a great coach, so we got to come to play. Irm Edwards. Yeah, they don't they don't have a um, – oh, West Virginia, we don't have a running back. I mean, we have a Sheffield, but I think that's the only running back we got right now. So, what do y'all think about what, – yeah. what are some other ways in the running game they can get that going? Like, throwing some quick screens, I guess? Like, if you only have one running back. Nah, I, yeah, I, quick I, screens. I'm, I'm, I'm all quick screens out. I ain't going to lie. Great. I'm, I'm a little bit tired of being that year, But I think, I think they should at least flex them out, get, get some mismatches on the linebackers. That'll be exciting to see, and maybe you can incorporate that going into 2020. Because sometimes they look at running backs as a one-dimensional position that they're going to run through the holes and pick up blocks. But you can get a lot of mismatches sometimes if you get like a running back that through the music can catch out the backfield. Am I wrong, Freddie? No, you're right. And then to be honest, I go back to I don't really like to look at spring games, but I saw Sheffield. Play in the spring game a few years ago, 
and they had him playing a lot of receiver that year. So he had some ability to do it. No, I while I was back um, in school during that spring term, he was working out with me as a slot back. So I saw him. I didn't when I first got introduced to him. He came to me saying he liked slot. So that's why I kind of why Kenchit the little select him out because he can do it. I've seen him do more than just getting the ball from the quarterback and running. So they definitely should. Yeah, he I'm, he he went off pretty. He, he had a big game in the spring game, and I was shocked when he came to running back because I thought he was a receiver. But yeah, I, like you said, I I agree with you. I think he can create some mismatches in the past game. Yeah, I, I forgot. I think Gabe Neighbors, and he's a tight end now, but I'm pretty sure he came in as a fullback too. So maybe uh maybe he can get some carries finally. And but other than that, I think Blackman might be throwing his ball like 50 times on uh, Tuesday. I don't know. <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, all right. As long as we come away with that W, you won't care Yeah, shoot. That'd be some good momentum, but bringing 2020 the right way. But speaking of bringing it in the right way, I see you, uh, Freddie, you got a little website going here. You got Triumph 105. Talk about that, the whole uh, clothing line you got going. Oh, yeah. I, um, I launched that in June. Kind of. It's part of I do motivational speaking as well, so it's kind of tied into that. I come up with some like cool shirts and stuff with messages on them, but it was the message behind it was basically after football and stuff. I was trying to I was going through a process of self self discovery. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Football had been a part of my life for so long, and then I just kind of just going through life and just realized how much of a passion I have for impacting lives and stuff. And it kind of changed my whole perspective on life because for so long I thought football was my purpose. And so once the the league didn't work out, I had hit rock bottom with depression and everything. But once I actually found how passionate I was about speaking and impacting lives, it kind of – it was a full 360 for me, so my, my that was my kind of my message, my reason for launching the brand Triumph. I feel like no matter what you face in life, no matter what obstacles come your way, you can overcome them, and even when you hit rock bottom, you can still find purpose. And that's that's my biggest message: overcoming in life. Because I I'm writing a book on it now, but just all the different obstacles I've faced and things and I really shouldn't have made it to where I'm at, but I didn't let anything stop me. And I never let anybody who said I couldn't do something stop me from trying to get there. No, I, I respect that, though, Freddie. Because, uh, you know, it's funny. I was in um, church today, and pastor was just talking about, you know, sometimes we got we to gotta thank God for the storm we don't been through. Because mentally you get to a place you don't know if you're going to make it, but then you look back on it. In the, in the
before playing ball. Like I said in the last episode, I was doing. I was. I came to school doing it for Orlando. I was doing it for my mom, family. I was doing it for a lot of things other than myself. And you know, when you don't have that, you feel like you let a lot of people down, and that's a part of depression too. Because it's not always a selfish thing. Sometimes you 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 don't get to where you at, and you think you let a lot of people down because you know people switch up on you once you. They, they don't see you at a certain level or a certain point of your life. And just to yourself, you got you to gotta have a backup plan for time, man. I feel like... Yeah, no, no doubt. I, um, like I was... Ready word, it, it, it blasted out to all these youngins coming up. Because it's definitely... Ball don't last forever, you know? Yeah, I was... Um, see, I got, a, I got a book launching on the 31st on Amazon. It's called Trials to Triumph. It's basically my life experiences up to then. And the 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 part I just spoke on, that's a big focal part of the, the book, at, especially at the end, because I kind of was used to all the love and everything. And then with getting all this hype coming out, NFL.com had me projected to go fourth round to the, the Ravens, so everybody on my bandwagon. And then once I was out of the league, it all stopped. And you kind of, you kind of get used to all that love, and then once it's gone, you kind. I went through a stage of depression. I was like, dang, and I was trying to do things to try to get that love back, doing things that was completely out of my character, just try to get that to replace that love and kind of replace the itminess that I was feeling. And it was nothing that I could do to re- replace that. All I could do was I was running from all those, all that pain, and running from all those issues instead of just manning up and facing them head on. And I feel that's the only way you can overcome problems. You can't drink your way out of problems, smoke your way out of problems. You got to face them head on because once once you sober up, them problems still going to be waiting on you. And that that's that's the big thing I was dealing with at the ball. And I find I'm so glad I I'm glad I went through it. Like you said, the obstacles you face. I, I was talking to to a group a few weeks ago. And I was saying, I feel like God puts you through these different challenges to prepare prepare you for what you're meant to do in life. Because if he gave you everything you wanted right now, either you wouldn't appreciate it or you'll mess it up. So when you go through those challenges and you finally get what he meant for you to have, all right, now you appreciate it. Now you're stronger for the journey ahead and you'll be able to sustain sustain that success longer because you build the foundation and through your struggle. So I, I appreciate all the struggles I went through and I hate to say, I know I'm going to go through some more and I'm going to appreciate them. Now I'm at a, because I done been through so much and overcame it. My mindset now is, all right, I'm good. Like I know you come, but you can't, you can't beat me. Like it ain't nothing. I feel like that can defeat me. I done been through some of the hardest things. So, no matter what you throw at me, I'm gonna still keep a smile on my face, and I'm gonna overcome it. Uh, good mindset. You can weather the storm a little bit easier now. Huh? Yeah, once you go through some challenges, it ain't, you know, it's gonna be some challenges that kind of test you. They might be a little bit new, but at the end of the day, you look back in the mirror, you're like, all right, I overcame that, so I know I can overcome this. Yep, and then we're. De- for sure. We're definitely going to link all that stuff. Like I found your, the Trials and Triumph book on Amazon, so I'm going to put that link in the, in the description. And I'll also uh, put your uh, Triumph 105 website on there, too. So everybody can go check that out as well. 
But yeah, hundred. I really, yeah, that's, yeah, I got you there. So because we're all we're all about support, Knowles, support Knowles. You know, that's what I really like about FSU too. I feel like everyone's kind of yeah. Sometimes when we're losing, the fans get on each other. But I think in as a whole, everybody tries to help each other out no matter what. Oh, and 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 I need to if if no nation hearing this, can you put this out first too? Yeah. Well, when kids say they transferring or they leaving for the draft early or whatever the case may be, to the to the fans who they they heckle the players or whatever and, and bad mouth them, they they gotta realize too that that's a little kid. He don't know what they they don't know what they going through back home or what the case may be. And I seen a couple of things that I didn't I didn't really expect from a couple of the so called no fans. I'm not saying it's all of them. I'm saying, you know, it's that's the kid's decision, and you ne- you never know what they're going through or why they're making this 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 decision to move forward to that point. Whatever, the, even if it transfer, it's like if you're if you're no fan, you gotta be it. You gotta agree it. So that means hey, make their decision. And let them let them um let them orchestrate from there, and that's all I just want to say. Yeah, I agree with you. I was saying, I seen some things with kids leaving the transfer, and not even that kids not signing the Florida State. And some fans were getting on them. I see it with other schools, and my biggest thing is for these kids. You know, you know what we went through, man. We that's the toughest decision you ever make in your life. So it's not personal. I just I want to see all these kids be successful. Of course, I love y'all to come to the state, but that's not we can't we can't find every kid in the country. So my biggest thing is to see see these kids be successful and do something with their lives. And if it's not here, cool. When the football season come, we want to whoop up on y'all. But at the same time, I want to see these kids go have a successful life. It ain't no hard feelings. I definitely, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna still show you love. That's that's my decode. Once you know, once you. Once you sign that letter tent and you transfer after that, I'm gonna still jack you up and still old in my heart. So and 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 to even this can go out to other fans too. They they disrespect the decision and it, it's bigger than you at that point. It's, it's that's God's route for that kid and just 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 chill a little bit on on heckling them and bad mouthing them about the decision they feel like is the best for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kane, you got any uh, last thoughts or questions to ask Freddie? Yeah, why are your head so big, Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ain't got nothing for him. Fred, it's all love, man. Hey, we got a link, too. We get back and forth. All right, I got you. Yeah, um, I'm going to hit you up for sure once I get back. We got we got oh. each other's number, so I'm going to definitely be in touch. If y'all need something, y'all hit me up. If I need something, I'm going to hit y'all up. For sure, for yeah. sure. Well, appreciate you coming on, Freddie. And uh, thanks for getting all the insight. And uh, honestly, I do feel like we got a better picture of kind of what happened before and also where we need to go going forward. And also, everyone, check out Trials and to, Trials to Triumph. It drops December 31st on Amazon. You can check it out there. And also check out Triumph's uh, – what's it, Triumph 105? That's, is that the website? Yeah, Triumph105.com. Triumph105.com. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.